Hey, everybody, this is Gail Craft, and I just want to give you a heads up for today's session. Today's podcast is with Daniel Andrews, founder of Cutting Edge Business Coaching. Daniel is such an honest and raw and real guy. He's going to share with us his story of growing up just not being enough, no matter how good it wasn't good enough. There was always a little more and a little more and a little more. And how that imposter syndrome, if you want, really set in and really affected his life until the day that he decided something is wrong and I need to take control. So great gentleman, great guy, great business. Come and join me and listen to the conversation with Daniel. You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Craft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present, and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Craft. So hello, everybody. This is Gail Kraft from the Empowering Process Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today. I have with me a very special guest, and this is Daniel Andrews. Now, Daniel is the founder of Cutting Edge Business Coaching, LLC, and um, I met him at a networking event where he co-networked or co-ran it. This guy is a genius at networking. He's a genius. Yes, you are amazing. You're amazing. So much fun. I can't wait to to see where we're going to go with this conversation because we don't know. He did say that one of the things he would like to talk about is not feeling like he's enough. Now, can we all relate to that? We call it imposter syndrome now. Who knows what the buzzword will be by the time this gets out, you know, but the flavor of the month is imposter syndrome. Um, and we've all had it. We've all, you know, been promoted or tried something new or we're, we're moving forward in a direction that we've never gone before and thought, what am I doing? So, and uh, uh, Daniel. Tell us a little bit about that and welcome. I I know I was thinking today, he's got two first names. I know I'm going to mess it up. Yeah, I, well, I do get Andrew quite a bit, okay. including a guy that just concluded a 12-month relationship with me and he signed off with thanks, Andrew. And I'm like, hey, as long as the check clears, right? Do I, do I, am I really that worried? But um, uh, yeah, I can I can dig into that a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I do want to say uh, thank you for the accolades, right? I, I do want to uh, posit hypothetically, uh, that is to say, I don't need an answer from you. Not hypothetically, what is it? Rhetorically, I don't need an answer from you. Does any podcast host ever introduce their guest as anything other than a very special guest? <laughs> right? you know, is, are you like, oh, this is a mediocre special guest, right? This isn't a very special guest. Does that ever happen? No no need to answer. Right, right. Uh, or, or, you know, you may not want to listen to this boring person, but. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Uh, this guy's about par for the course, right? right. He's, uh, as far as my guests go, he's fair to Midland, as my dad would say. But, uh, and the last thing, I want to address is thank you for the compliments. And I do believe that I am good at network building. Uh, I don't use the word networking for a lot of reasons, mostly because my favorite book on the subject uh, has a subtitle and the subtitle is stop networking and start yes. building relationships that matter. But yes. I do believe I'm good at building networks and relationships that matter. Um, but I, I push back on the label genius because genius to me implies a gift or um, a, a talent without the awareness right? The people that are real, that are naturally good at something are usually not the best to show you how to get there because they don't know how they got there, right? Maybe for them, it wasn't a journey. My genius, my skills, I'll admit are high. My genius, if you want to label it that, was hard fought, right? a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of, you know, as you know, failures, or as my father says, you there is You fought that failure. lion. You fought right, that right, lion. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I fought that line. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and graciously, not because I'm inherently not an easy guy to get along with, but to understanding the process and the order of the building blocks in trust and relationship building, right? I kind of had all the building blocks, like Legos without the instructions. They were, I had the tools, but I didn't know what order to put these things together in. And to, to witness it and learn some by observation, some by people going, do it this way, you know, some by experience, you know, it was, um, so I did get there, but uh, I, I, I will accept the compliment that I'm skilled at my job. I don't, I don't 
think genius is the right word here, <laughs> but only if you want to qualify it as, as it's the genius of blood, sweat and tears. Yes. Because that's how I got there. <clears throat> okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so, you know, you go, you're going right for the jugular or the, uh, the heart, the vulnerable <laughs> spot, the soft tissue with, you know, uh, feeling like you're not enough. And uh, I'll, I'll set this up for you really well by um, uh, I, I assume probably, I suspect that most of your listeners slash watchers have seen the original Top Gun, right? The, the Maverick, the second movie, quite good. Enjoyed it. Everybody was a good guy, right? I mean, the, 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 the bad guys were the bad guys, but you know, all the main characters were the good guys. In the first movie, um, you know, uh, Tom Selleck, Maverick was a good guy. He was still a complete jerk. He was, a he was a good guy, yeah. right? And Val Kilmer, Iceman, was a complete jerk, but he was the bad guy. But they're both complete jerks. And I bring this up because my father was a fighter pilot. So if you think for a minute about Iceman and Maverick as father and what that means, right? The first place, you know, second place is first loser, right? You know, you cannot pay another man a compliment, right? Lest he think he's somehow better than you and God forbid that should happen. Right. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, I know my dad loved me. He never hesitated to say that, but I, I rarely heard, I don't think I ever heard the words you're enough. And I, and I can tell you the first two times I was an adult, the first two times I can tell you when I was 21 and when I was 22, when he said it, he was proud of me, that I can move. So, <clears throat> you know, that, two, more, that, two more than on me. Okay. So you're right, too ahead okay. of me. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm not trying to imply my experiences is, is nope. you know, by any means uh, uh, unusual or indifferent. But, um, you know, that, that's where that's where the damage came from. Right. And that led me to uh, undervalue what I was capable of, which other people called out in a way that, that still makes me bristle. But I hear a lot of, well, Dan, you know, you had so much potential and that and nobody ever said that to me with the intent to, to be mean about it. Right. But, man, let me tell you, that lands. Pretty squirrely. Right, because and, what uh, you're saying is I'm not living up to my potential, so then I'm not good enough. You're saying that you're not satisfied with what I've chosen to be. You have yet to ask me if I'm satisfied with what I've chosen to be. Your expectations of me. And this goes back to a, a situation. And in my head, I responded very maturely. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I just bought up the paper. But in high school, it must have been must have been junior year. Don't think of senior year. Turned in a paper, got K out of back with a B on it, B, B plus, something like that. I'm fine with that. I was working 30 plus hours a week in high school. My folks were divorcing. My dad bought me a beater or a hoopty as the kids call it. But at least, you know, I had to buy my own clothes, buy my own dates, buy my own gas, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm working, delivering pizza, trying to keep my grades up because I want to go to college on a scholarship because there's no money left. You know, now that my folks are supporting two households on one. And um, get the paper back with a B on it, but there are no red marks on it. And so me being purely inquisitive, right? I want to get an A. What you know? What what you know? I wasn't defensive. I'm just like, hey, what needs to change, right? And the teacher looks at me and says, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with it." But she said, "As a matter of fact, it's the best paper I've seen in 20 years of teaching school." But I know you could have done better. And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, really? You no." No, this should have been somehow an a plus. you know right that I could have done better. Yeah, you know, and what I should have said was, "You're sure that all the work I've turned in up to now has been my work, and that's what you think I'm capable of?" I don't know, Dan. Did you cheat? I didn't say that. Are you sure that my parents aren't alcoholics and they beat me, and it's the best I can do is the best I can do? Well, Dan, if that's true, we need to call CPS. I didn't say that. Okay. Are you sure I'm not working thirty or forty hours a week trying to keep my grades up? have enough cash on hand for a date and still get to college on a scholarship. Well, Dan, is that true? Doesn't matter. What do you mean? You know, right. I could do better work. I get that she wanted to encourage me, but that's not the way to do it. And I'm just, that is not encouraging. No. And I'm like, her. you've got to be kidding. Right. Meaning. And, and, and my first marriage blew apart over the fact that the goalposts were always moving. And she, she wasn't an evil person, but I never knew. At what point she was going to be like, all right, we're where we want to be. And, and some and she people would never, think could never tell me, could never tell me. Some people think that's encouraging and that's, you know, you're encouraging. And, and, and she and just it refused to think it through and come up with a number that needed to be in the savings account, you know, for us to be comfortable. I mean, she, she, she just, 
knew we weren't there yet. I'm like, no, we can't. In 20 years of not being there yet, I said, I got to get off of this train. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and it's really interesting because a, a lot of um, this not good enough, it doesn't just come from our parents. It comes from our teachers. It comes from maybe our religious upbringing. It comes from our friends. It comes from society, right? Mm -hmm. Of, you know, always needing to achieve more. I, you know, I have a laid back approach to my life right now. And, and it's very interesting how things come to me now and just kind of roll. Uh, but I used to be one of those go-getters. I was very successful in corporate. I was on the board of directors. I hated it. I hated what I was doing. But this is what I thought success was supposed to be, right? And so it's really important to learn what, like you said, what is success to me? Right. What does that mean? To me, it's freedom. Freedom every day to choose every right. moment of what I want to do. Money sure. or no money, you know, does that play into it? Sure. sure. But I'm 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 chasing, I'm not chasing, I'm living in freedom versus you know, some dollar amount. Mm -hmm. Right. So so yeah, so that kind of pressure it it affects your work. It affects your your relationships. It affects your life. When did you realize that this is going to change for you? Uh, it, it, probably in the counseling I went through on the other side of my the divorce. Um, in the sense that I went into counseling immediately, not to deal with the divorce, but to deal with what took me to the point of divorce. Because I'm like, number one, I'm in pain. So now's the time to fix it, right? I'm motivated to change, right? right to, to figure out what's going on. But you know, I hate that I was in my forties, you know, when that happened. And and as many stories as I could tell you about my childhood and, you know, dad's fighter pilot personality, you know, landing on me wrong. I, I will uh redeem him and the relationship by saying he did. Uh twenty sixteen, see he was born in thirty five, so what does it make it? Eighty one when this what this happened? Yeah. Um I was still living out of town. I, I moved back home which ended up being 90 minutes from dad before he passed. But I was still living in Houston, Texas and South Carolina. Came home to visit him and we got in a car together and said, there's some things I need to apologize for right there. And I don't know if your visitor, your your guests or, or your listeners are watching or listening, but you're about to see a grown man cry. <laughs> and I said, there's some things we could talk about. And he said, come at me. He said, bring it. We're here to talk about it. Drove around the state, cried for two days. Beautiful. And that's when I decided I had to bring it back home. Right. And, um, <clears throat> so, you know, the, the redemption, the reconnection, uh, I don't want anybody that's experienced that to give up hope. Don't know that your dad or mom or teacher, whoever did the damage, will ever come back to you and redo that. But uh, just, uh, uh, and then later after that, I was bemoaning a point in my life, you know, a few years previous where I felt like things had not come together well. And I used the word failure. Dad said, there are no failures. Some lessons are just more expensive than others. And that was not the father of my youth, right? And so right. Uh, if your mom or dad did the damage and never says that to you, just let my father's word speak to you. There are no failures. Some lessons are just more expensive than others. You know, um, I think that is a beautiful statement. You should uh, actually have that as a tagline or something. Um, <laughs> Probably put it on my desk. <laughs> there you go. Put it, put it on your a desk. A desk sign, right, yeah. Facing you know, me, right? <laughs> and and sometimes, so so I go through this year a lot of where is the lie in all of this stuff that I grew up with, right? Mm -hmm. And where is the lie that's being thrown at me right now? And the one that has hit in the past week has been, um, this isn't happening to me. This is happening for me. Both of them are BS, Right. Like I, I, I my response yeah, sometimes is things are just happening. <laughs> no kidding. I, yeah. Daniel, I'm like, get over yourself. You aren't that important. Things are not happening to you. Things are not happening for you. Things are happening and you have free will. You have a choice mm -hmm. to how you're going to navigate the situation and whether you're going to grow from it or get destroyed from it. But the choice right. is yours. It really is. And right. Jim Rohn says it, you know, don't be frustrated, be fascinated. Right. You know, right. and then there's a, a great clip that most of us have seen from uh, 
Oh gosh, the, the the football coach that's now the soccer coach in England, uh, the TV show. I know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway. And it's the name of the guy is the name of the show. Why can't I think? Because my wife watches all the time. And I watch it. <laughs> but anyway, he's just throwing darts, right? And, mm-hmm. and 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 there's some monologue about people not being fascinated, right? You know, what what you know? Why not engage? Right. Right. And and then and and I certainly have my share of frustration. Right in, in the world, in uh, moments that you know cause me to, to want to veer towards frustration. But when people complain about other people or other classes of people, and I don't mean you know racism, but just you know people in that field, you know they don't get it, or you know right. with six nurses at my mom's assisted living facility, you know, why can't they you know hear what we're saying? Yeah, the the they and, the quote air right quotes, right they. and and and, yeah. I, and that's literally the frustration I'm going through right now. I thought get mom into assisted living and you know the hard work. No, it's not. But um, I, I know that the solution is two parts, what, or several parts. One part is me addressing it in a way that shows some understanding for them. Meaning, I know that if I go in and yell at the nurses at Mom's Assisted Living, they have every ability, propensity, I don't know, but ability to take it out on my mom after I'm gone. Right. Right. We're, 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 we're at the point of wanting to yell at them if I get her medication straight. And we could do that, and they could be honest they're wrong. And then they could choose to never get her medication straight for the rest of her then-shortened life. Right. right. It's like if the waiter's so, going to spit in your coffee if you don't watch it. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I know that part of it is is approaching it in a way that's not, you know, me yelling, right? You know, And part of it is also understanding how does that happen to them, right? But what, it, what is the process by which failure has been introduced? Right. Right. So, so I have a recent story for you, um, which has nothing to do with the conversation other than energy is oh, everything. off on a tangent too. <laughs> right. Everything is energy and, and you control what you can control. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been diagnosed with the, uh, the big C and, you know, I'm, my immediate response was I'm doing Eastern and Western medicine and, and I have control over my body. I went in for surgery, and as we were heading down to the operating room, I started singing, we're off to see the wizard. The anesthesiologist started singing, the nurse started singing, we're passing each station, they started singing, the operating nurse opened up the doors, and she, we started talking about, what which do you like? And then my surgeon said, I'm taking off your ruby slippers, my dear. I elevated the energy in that whole facility to guarantee the best outcome. And by the way, my um, stage two was downgraded to stage one. Right. So, you know, which is exactly what I thought. I was not surprised. Right. Right. And so what did I do? You know, other than I've got some Eastern medicines, Reiki shit going on. Right. I know I can only do one thing. And that's elevate the energy in the room. I can sure. control these people by making them happy and have fun. Yeah. Right. Well, and and on, on a smaller note, and by the way, I'm very happy to hear that. Um, and and as very much an aside, uh, my wife is an ecology expert and provides coaching to people going through it outside the hospital. Meaning, you know, well, the insurance company assigned me a nurse navigator. I'm like. Let me help you out, sweetie. The insurance company is lying to you every step of the way. Oh, right? You know, you know while the you. hospital's got somebody to help, you know, patient advocate. I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, they only say what the insurance company allows them to say. Right. So if right. you or any of your listeners want a page, it's not true. You know, I mean, I'm sure she would do a courtesy, comp, you know, a consultation with you. But if anybody's yeah. going through it or someone in their family is and they need orientation around that. My wife actually has a business model built around coaching people. Awesome. At any part awesome. of the cancer journey. So anyway, that's very much an aside, but you said it, it occurred to me. Right, right. But Go ahead. On, on a smaller stakes note, I only fly Southwest ever uh, because I've had bad experiences on every other airline uh, with the exception of Air Alaska, but they don't fly in and out of my town. Yes, much. So, those are my two so, so to aside, go to aside as well. From, aside from, oh, really interesting. So yep. aside from Air Alaska, which I flew briefly when my wife was working in Seattle, um, I only fly Southwest because my experiences uh, have singularly been good on them. And I got onto a uh, plane flight, I don't know, several years ago now. Um, one of the first aboard, because I paid for that A1 through 15 bullshit. And um, I see a stewardess who is not in a good mood, which I get. She's entitled to have a life outside, you know, her flight deck. Right. 
Um, and and I was more people coming in behind me. I knew I had plenty of time to get to the uh, what do they call it the lab right in back before we took off. There weren't going to be any problem. So I head to the back and I see her as I'm ducking the lab. She doesn't look like in good mood. And um, and I paused and said, I love flying Southwest. And she goes, Really? Why? You know, still. And I said, Because the flight attendants always treat us like we're gl they're glad we're there. And then I ducked into the lab. And I came out, total demeanor change. What, 90 seconds? Total demeanor change. She says, You want a drink? I said, I, I, didn't, I didn't bring any drink coupons. And she goes, Oh, I, I didn't ask you that. So what do you want to drink? Right. Right. And she hooked me over the drink and some more drink coupons, which they have the authority to give away. Right. I didn't do it because I wanted a drink or drink coupons. I actually, most of mine expire because when I'm on a plane, it's usually first thing in the morning. So the flight didn't get delayed. I'm like, I am not having a beer at 10. I'm not good, but I ain't got it. <laughs> no. Right? no. But, um, you know, just that, that right. I, I, even, and I didn't say it to change her mood, but I knew the best bet for her sake and for every other passenger's sake, my best option was to say to her, you know, Southwest people are just the nicest. Right. And that and gave her they, a chance to reorient and to right. choose. Right. I wasn't like, smile, sweetie. You'd be a lot prettier if you just smile, you know, which is A, sexist and B, bullshit. Um, and, that, and that's right. part of taking control of your life. Right. Right. So you had no control over her, but you had control over how you were going to relate to her. And, 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 and regardless of whether she came out less sour or the same or better, I, I knew that I had done whatever was possible in my world to impact her. Right. Whatever was available to me that was most likely to have good results, I had exercised as opposed to just going, oh, better not talk to that one. Right. You know, which could, which would have been an appropriate or anticipated or expected response, a natural response. But and I, that's I wasn't adding what I call that. adding fire to fire. How do you think you're going to solve this by adding fire to fire? You know, it's, right. it's like, so one of- Or just ignore her. One of you know, my ahas is, is we go after things by battle, right? And with the battle mentality, and then are surprised when things get even more inflamed and out of hand. Go ahead. Here's here's a here's a uh, I don't know what sort of my voice rhetorical, but here's a question for you and all your audience. I have never, I, I don't ask these two questions often. I've never asked these two questions, which are two different questions. I've never asked these questions of anybody that they've been actually able to differentiate the questions, which is part of the problem. And you'll see where I'm headed with this. But the two questions are this. When you chose that course of action, what did you want to have happen? What was the result that you wanted? And the second question is, when you chose that course of action, what did you guess the most likely result was going to be? And how and many people, people cannot, even, they don't think they, that they can't, they can't differentiate because I'm always talking about something where they did something completely against their own best interests, right? And, and, they, and they'll give me the same answer. No, no, no. I said, let me, let, let, me, let me make sure you're clear. These are literally two different questions. They are. If I go to the casino and put my life savings on 36 black, what am I hoping is going to happen? What's my hoped for outcome? Right. I'm going to go home rich. Right. What's my anticipated outcome? I'm going to go home broke. Right. The, those are two different questions. Right, right. Right. When, right. when you said to me, you're not living up to your potential, what did you hope? That it would inspire me to get my ass in gear and live the life you think I should be living? Okay, maybe that would have been your hoped for response. What did you think was the most likely response? Right. As a matter of fact, in some cases, what do you think was the response that was probably it's 99.9% .9 certainty going to happen? Right. Well, I just thought that, no, 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 that's what you wanted to have happen. Why would what would possess you to think that what you wanted to happen was the most likely thing to happen? Because you have a chosen an approach that is almost guaranteed to not give you what you want. I'm like, right. This is fascinating. <laughs> I love and it. No, it. Yeah. So when I call people out in those moments, and 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 I think it's probably at least around that question, because if you ask them a casino question, they can answer quite clearly. They can right. differentiate. But part of the reason they made the poor choice is because in that moment around that issue. They are unable to differentiate that as two different experiences, and I'm like, "See, that's your problem." <laughs> right? It, you it, you, you want the, you want them to come together, right? And so, therefore, you language in a way that gets you the outcome that you would like to happen, or and most likely will like to happen. And I surprise people when I coach that because they're like. But you're fairly bombastic, man. I said, sometimes I am because sometimes it's a calculated move. 
to either stand apart or to be, and you can argue whether it's good or not, set myself up for six months from now going, <clears throat> told you so, just listen to me next time. Or, or three, sometimes the sharp elbow is the way to get people's attention. Sometimes you have to shake people up to wake people up. Right, right, right. right. Which is why I, the phrase I use, you know, I don't say stop networking and start building relationships that matter. I say stop networking. Period. And then and people start are like, building well, right. right. And, they're like, and I say that in what? front of networking groups. I'm like, yeah, right. my philosophy is, you know, Dan's leading this networking event. I go, well, just to be clear, I am not leading a networking event. I think we should all stop networking immediately. And, 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 and then I just leave it hanging. Right. So sometimes the sharp elbow is how you get somebody's attention. Uh, right? Honestly, I have this amazing woman who gives me lots of referrals for my podcast. She sends the right people to me. Mm -hmm. And every person that I interview says, you know, she has this amazing networking group on Tuesday. And I went once. And it's the BNI format. And I'm like, I don't do networking groups. That's a waste of my time and energy. Thank you very much for the invite, but my energy needs to go elsewhere. I don't even refer to them as networking groups, although if they're because sales, I can't put air quotes around it, they're leads groups. They're leads right. groups. Right. They're, they're, they're for sales. You want me to sell for you and with the hopes of me hoping you'll sell for me. And, and I have a firm conviction that we should investigate relationships where we can support each other. Clearly, the salary coach and the resume coach have a lot of value they can bring to each other in right. shared customers, right? Right. The graphic designer and the web designer, right? The mortgage lender and the real estate agent. I'm okay with that. But none of these weekly leads groups, and I refuse to call them anything but that, are about building the relationship necessary. They say they're they about, are. It, right. They say they are, which is the challenge, but they're not. They're about the leads. And, the, and, the, and there's several ways to prove that they're not about it. You only need one. And the one way you know that they're not about relationship. And they're about the roster and transactions. The minute you're not on the roster, guess what? You're persona non grata, right? You've been, right. Uh, what's the spy term, disavowed, right? Like Ethan, right. Huh? we never heard of you. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. right. If, if you're killed or captured, you know, you never worked for the CIA, right? Right, right, right. So, so that's the proof that they were not about the relationship. They were about the lead, right? Right, and the transaction. And yep. I'm not here to, you know, sit and bash that. But, and some people find, quite a bit of success in that, but they're chained to it, meaning they can't ever drop out. You know, they're right. in this weekly commitment 10 and right. 15 years later. And I'm going, you could have invested a year, year and a half in building the correct relationships. And here's what's interesting, by the way, to quit, you know, go to the positive from the negative. I get introduced occasionally to people that are described as highly networked or very networked or some the guy that knows everybody or the gal that knows right, 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 whatever, right. whatever description they're given. And one characteristic of all of them is true. I'm always walked into their office and both halves of that sentence are important. I'm always walked in i.e. someone carries me in. There's a third party bridging the gap to their office. These people are not at happy hours. They're not at chamber lunches. They're not in leads groups. They're not part of the country club. They're not part of the chamber of commerce. And they might belong to the country club. They don't go to events. They don't belong to groups. They're done. They right. built their network and they prioritize, by the way, they take care of their network before they take care of their customers. And I can prove that point. If anybody wants to argue with me on it, I can prove it. You take care of your network first, customer second, yep. close second, network first, customer second. And they never have to leave their office again. They can sit I, in their office and get the work done. I have to tell you, so so I call that my community and my tribe. So tribe is closer, community is a little bit broader, but it's still, we got your back. Um, there's a tight, my tribe, tight knit group. One of them had a, a terrible experience, right? And sent a text to us as the group and went through and, and I'm like, Oh, first of all, I know what's going on with him. I know what is going on in his life that caused that event to happen. I can't call him out on that, but I can call him out on how he's handling it. One of the other men in the group already did sent him and I'm like, right. Right. And Good I'm like, him. yes, yes. I'm like, well, this is awesome. And when I call someone out on it, I don't point the finger. I will say what I've learned in life is right, right, and and you can I ran take it or leave. A similar it. issue, right, right. Uh, what, what I, I learned in life, was... right, right. And here's how I choose to handle Having adversity in, in my different ways. <laughs> right, I found one to give me consistently better results than the other. Right, right. And so it's it's not blame or, or shame that I want to put on anyone. Is it is a constructive conversation where they may be able to see 
beyond themselves and make a switch in their life. Right. Sometimes. Right. Right. And, it's, you know, it's their choice. Well, and, and I say that in the context of, you know, people mock, you know, what they I think they call the uh, Dunning-Kruger effect. Right. You know, the notion that, you know, people can't see what they can't see. Right. Somebody, you know, we'll just use the fictional Fred here. You know, Fred gets fired and everybody around the office goes, man, you should have seen that coming because we all saw it coming. Here's the point. Fred couldn't see it coming. That's why he chose the course of action, i.e. didn't improve or whatever make changes he needed to make. Right. He, he couldn't see it. That's why he got fired. If he could have seen it, he would have made choices to not get fired. And here's what's interesting. 50% of the blame they have found, they've studied this, belongs to their direct manager of why Fred couldn't see it. And here's why. They use grossly ineffective methods for trying to get what they want. They're way too gentle. They'll use this ridiculous concept called the Oreo. Compliment, correct, compliment. It sounds lovely. Plenty of things sound good in theory, and they don't work. And here's why. Compliment, correct, compliment. Compliment, correct, compliment, correct. You're training them like Pavlov's dog, that every time you compliment them, there's a correction coming. Even if you sandwich it, you, you've taught them, compliment is followed by a slam. Build them up, slam them. Okay, number one, that's part of the problem right there. You, you make them defensive to all feedback, right. positive or negative. Right. Right. And number two... They lose the negative feedback, the things they need to change in the face of the positive feedback. Hey, Fred, I want you to know you're, you're great at the ABC report. You're always on time with the ABC report. The XYZ report, it's coming in tardy every now and then. It's coming in inaccurate, but we, we, we and we know you can do it because you do so good with the ABC report. Can you help us out and get the XYZ report together? Sure. And he goes home. His wife says, how was work today? And he goes, it's awesome. They love me up there. Yeah, really? Yeah, they spent all this time telling me I grind them at the ABC report. I mean, I'm not perfect on the XYZ report, but, you know, they love They love, you know, they love, really the, they love the ABC right. report, right? Uh, right. And then he gets fired for never coming together on the XYZ report, and 50% of the blame belongs to, and it doesn't have to be a manager role, right? If you're trying to get somebody to make some changes or offer them the option to make changes, and the stakes may be lower if they're not your employee, business partner, spouse, right. best friend, whatever, meaning you may be like, mm, I tried, you know, that's on Fred now, but- you need to pay attention, right? You know, uh, you need to be direct. You, sometimes you do, right? You can't, you can't, you don't unclear. have to be mean, you, but you need to be right, direct, but, but you can't be unclear, right? Unclear is unkind. Right. Yeah. And, um, well, I, I want to be nice. Well, no, you don't. Do you want to be nice, which is rarely effective, or do you want to be kind? Because unclear is unkind. Let me give you and an, exa it, an example. Yeah. I have an example for you from, from corporate. So sure. I worked with a small company called GE and I had a major project going on and the technical person, the technical team assigned to me, I knew did not have the skill set. And I went to the manager and I said, oh, you want my project to fail? What are you fucking doing? Mm -hmm. Right. And he said, he, he wants to try Gail. I, I need to give him another chance. I said, on my project. He <laughs> said, yes. It's like, Okay, so my analyst and I wrote the beginning of the code for him, right? And said, okay, here is a great start. Here are the requirements. Nothing more was ever added to that code. I went for a couple of weeks and then I called his manager and I said, um, I'm firing him. You're going to replace him. You're coming in the meeting with me. So we're in the conference room. And I looked at this gentleman, I said, so tell me how you've wowed me on this project lately. And he told me the sandwich. I'm good at this. I'm good at this. I'm good at this. I said, that is not the question I asked you. Uh, you are on a project for me and you have very specific deliverables. Where are they? And he couldn't say anything. And I looked at his boss and I said, who are you replacing him with? And he told me, and then the two of them had a conversation as I left the room. I was about to say, because you're done. Your job yeah. is done, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know <laughs> uh, how much familiarity I have, and this is not going to you know, turn into proselytization. Do you have any familiarity with the New Testament of the Christian Bible? Are you familiar with any, um, any of it? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. <clears throat> and and I grew up in a Southern Baptist household, so, you know, any, you lack, very of well. right, any lack of familiarity, I'm always a little bit startled, so I've learned how to start with that question. But, but, but most people, any Christian... Um, uh, and a fair number of non-Christians know the story of Jesus in the temple, right? You know, the, the Israelites were expected to, you know, come to the temple in Jerusalem. I, I think it was once a year, you know, 
and they couldn't travel with the, the livestock that was supposed to be sacrificed. So they would get there and find overpriced livestock, basically, because they didn't have any other choice. Right. Right. And Jesus gets mad at the money changers in the temple, you know, that are converting, you know, the common currency to the temple currency, so which, you know, which was, you know, marked up badly, which they could then buy a marked up, you know, lamb or dove for the sacrifice, whatever. And so he 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 braids a whip out of cords and he goes through turnover tables and threatening violence and runs all the money changes. Okay. So I'm having a conversation with a friend of mine and you know, we're we're trying to evolve a friendship a little tighter. And she's like, You and I are just so different. You know, and I'm like, Yeah, I'll admit. She goes, Yeah, I just try to talk to people the way Jesus do. And I'm like, Me too. She goes, Really? And I said, Yeah. The part where he told people they were going to hell, she's like, What? And I'm like, the part where he Threaten violence? She's like, what? And I'm like, have you read all the red letters in the New Testament? Because those are the words Jesus spoke, right? Or, or just the ones that make you feel good. And I still have to this day saved, and I use it about once a week, a meme that's a pencil drawing, and it represents Jesus in the temple. It doesn't say that, but if you know the story, then it's clearly Jesus in the temple, right? It's a guy in, you know, the Western vision of what, you know, Israeli robes would right. look like. And up at the top, it says, me, love and light. Also me. I'll flip this shit over. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And and I think in the interest of doing the right thing by the people we encounter, be they the stewardess. Right. Right. Or anybody else. Right. Or the, the guy letting you down on the project. Right. Or the operating team as you're wheeled into surgery. Right. 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 What right. can you do? Right. Right. There is some discernment required between, you know, love and light. And I'll, <laughs> right. You right. Know. And again, you and, don't and, have and to, moment, to be mean right. about it, but you no, have to be right, direct. Right. Right. You, but, you but have to be clear. Project, you had right. to flip some shit over. You had to tur literally turn over a position. Right. 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 But me and the stewardess, I'm going with love and light. Right. right. You and the, and the operation team, you're love, going and with love and light. Right? right. You're not like, I got a lawyer on speed dial. If you don't get this right, he's going to be all up in your ass. Right. You know, that. That's the I'll flip this shit over version, but right. probably wouldn't have had the outcome that you were looking for. No, but I'll, I'll tell you about, you know, I, a lot of friends who are, you know, supporting me, you know, emotionally, mm -hmm. whatever. And I have one that I talked with prior to going in and her parting words with me was, you know, you effing fight, you, you defend yourself in that operating room. Right. Mm -hmm. sure. And, and I hung up and I'm like, that doesn't feel right for me. But here's the deal, because I believe in energy is everything. If that's the energy she wants to bring, she wants to be my warrior through this, she can be my goddamn warrior. Right. And sometimes right? sometimes you need someone to bring a different set of energy. Right. right? And let her be the warrior, because I'm bringing mm -hmm. the love and light. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it, you know, that's true in, in my relationship. Right. You know, my wife will push me. She'll be like, you know, I don't like what I ordered. You send it back. Right. But. When the nurses at the assisted living need another nurse to talk to them in nurse language about the importance of this is my mom after all. And you hey, hun. That's right. Hey, hun. That's right. That's right. And we're like, hey, hey back time. Yeah, that's right. Need, need you to handle this because if not, because I went in, my, my wife got there first today. She rolled out way early and she meant to, uh, um, to make sure mom's medications were given correct. And she texted me as I was on the way there. She's like, I'm frustrated beyond belief. They couldn't get it right again. And it's not like this is the first time we've said, hey, this ain't going. And I rolled in, you know, greeted mom. And then mom went to the bathroom. And I, my wife looked at me and I said, okay, who do I punch? All <laughs> 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 right. She's like, we're going to go have a conversation with the director. I said, okay. Okay. But 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 there is a fundamental difference, right, in the way we right. approach it. And, and there's moments where who do I got to punch is the right response, right? Now, not there, not that time, not that place. Right. Uh, you know, there, there's that movie and it's worth seeing if you haven't seen it. Anybody, I would tell you this. It's called Machine Gun Preacher. It's, it's based on a true story. Guy goes to Africa, right, to you know be the missionary, bring the love and light of Jesus Christ to the world. And he realizes that children, you know, villages are being destroyed. The, the young adult and the adult males are being killed. Women are being captured as wives. You know. Yeah. OK. And um, he's also uh, and, and the small children are being brought on as warriors for the other side, right? I mean, they're giving machine guns, they're teaching them to fight, they're telling them that if they don't fight, they're, you know, you know, their, their future's in jeopardy, whatever. And so this preacher becomes armed, right? And he goes and he rescues the children, which sometimes involves killing the bad guys, right? 
and his wife is huge tension. I think it actually leads to divorce. And his, his wife is like, uh, how do you think, you know, God feels about you killing people? Because I'm not sure, but I can name a few hundred kids. I can tell you exactly the feelings of a few hundred children. <laughs> He's like, not sure on that score, but I can tell you what I feel right here. And, 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 and I feel that right. When, when, when I see uh, uh, children or, you know, women that aren't in a position of strength being taken advantage of, I, I, my first instinct is, is I think righteous violence. Now, you know, I'm on record here, so I haven't, you know, I've not committed any crimes. But when I hear about trafficking and abuses, I'm like, did you see the movie about uh, the sex trafficking and the children trafficking? <clears throat> and the, the latest I have not, in part because the move from my mom, because from 400 miles away, it's been quite, you know, there's been no bandwidth. But secondly, I'm already sold. I mean, I, I don't have to be convinced. I know what's happening. And and I wonder where I, if I went to see that movie, if I wouldn't come out of the theater and go to my house and find my small arms and I, go I out watched, for bear, I would be surprised. So I'm actually I, trying to be cautious. I watched an interview. Maybe I'll send you the link if you're interested of um, Kyle Cease, who I adore, interviewed the the man who does this. His story, right? It's based on him. Right. And he ended up actually helping him process through the 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 anger and the bl the blocks that drove him to do this for a living when mm -hmm. he was a child someone tried to abduct him mm -hmm. and his right mm -hmm. and and his brother and his, at that moment i made a decision i was going to protect i was going to say mm -hmm. and that's what he's done his whole life and he now is at the point in order to expand beyond what he's mm -hmm. been able to accomplish he has to release that anger in order to now right. come at it from yeah from correct. light but 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 it was it was there and it was there for a reason which is you know a really right. good example you know of god using trauma to take somebody to a place where they could leverage that into something good right right but, but right he is as you said to elevate the experience and to elevate the work and to expand and, and duplicate and scale the works to put in business terms he's going to have to quit operating from a place of anger because you can't build a team if you're stomping angry. right you know if you're strapped right and angry all the time right right i just want to point out i'm loving looking at your logo in the background because <laughs> i promise you it looks a little bit like a crown on a woman's center and I, every time i look up there out of the corner of my eye i read it as the empowering princess like, you know, <laughs> that's pretty dang cool I mean, empowering <laughs> process is pretty cool too but i'm like that looks a bit like an empowering princess to me so, so well, that's, that's the zipper my, that's our hand with the right, zipper. right exactly yeah so anyway that's that's how my brain's brain i'm like yeah yeah, so, yep, you, yep. So, you, you see so, what you see what you want. So, so this it again, it gets back to us um, taking a look at the experiences that we have, right? And I'm not one to dwell on your your childhood experiences. Like, you know, I have clients that come to me, and you know, this happened and this happens. Like, I'm not even reading your email. Uh, where to, I'm going to mm -hmm. teach you how to live in the now, right? Mm -hmm. Because the energy of now is all that matters. You bring the energy from the past and you're just going to convolute the opportunities that's in front of you, right? And so you went through therapy, you went through um, through a process of changing your life because mm -hmm. you realized that this feeling of um, disempowerment, I guess, is the word mm -hmm. that I want to look for, um, wasn't serving you. So how, right. so how, what did you start doing differently and how has your life changed because of this? Um, I, I think oh, we talked it, a lot it, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, as much as I've, you know, always been willing to speak, you know, truth or my truth in any given moment, I'm, I'm, I've, I've reached the point of being even more transparent. Um, and, you know, to me, uh, transparency or being authentic is not speaking any untruth. Nothing that you'll have to go back later and say, I didn't know. Transparency is speaking the truth, right? And vulnerability is speaking a dangerous truth, right? So there's kind of levels and, and they're, they're not in any way, shape, or contradict. But to me, authenticity is, again, living in a way or speaking in a way that you don't have to go back later and be like, well, I know I gave that impression, but that wasn't it. Right. And transparency is, is being cl clearer, more articulate, 
you know, not just not speaking an untruth, but speaking the truth and the vulnerability of speaking a dangerous truth. Right. And so part of it, so the awareness around that, right, meant when I was dating um, and thinking about dating seriously, I not just casually dating, but dating for the you know, point of potential partnership, was that I was upfront about the reasons why a woman might not want to be, right? You know, I'm, I just moved back to South Carolina. I'm going to live here at least until my father passes, if not my father and my mother, right? You know, not where I necessarily want to live the rest of my life, but here's where I am now. And right. If that's a deal breaker, then that's a deal breaker, right? Um, <clears throat> I'm on good terms with my ex-wife. We don't hang out. We're 1,200 miles apart, but if you see her texting me, you can read it. But, you know, that's, you know, it, you know so I brought the deal breakers out, you know, pretty early. Not in an effort right. to scare people off, but to, in an effort to live authentically and transparently, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I wasn't interested in going, oh, it's not that big a deal. Wait, maybe it is a big deal to them and they get the right to deserve it. Speak to. So that's part of it. And then part of it is, and I'll even tell you as, as much as, you know, this morning, I got super frustrated last night at the facility when I see mom last night. My wife was out with girlfriends, which she hasn't been able to do in months because she had moved in with my mom and stepdad to take care of them 400 miles away. Mm. And, and so she's out with girlfriends. Comes in after I, I'm asleep because I got a bed early. And uh, I woke up this morning and we had texted and spoke about the restorations. Of it, so she was aware. Woke up this morning and she said, how are you? And I said, not good. She said, what do you need? And I said, I need to be not okay. Gave me that space last night. Space this morning. Not okay. She said, come on. And I say I went in. We sleep in separate rooms because number one, I go to bed early. Number two, very loud snore <clears throat> but anyway so i went in and she said and she made room for me you know in the master suite she's like yeah I went in and, and you know let me cry you know right. and 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 i said i'm not used to not having all the answers and she goes it's okay and as recently as three or four years ago i stood in the shower and cried maybe but i wouldn't have told my wife of all right. people you know because my first wife told me the spirit of all Oh. And not being enough. Yeah. I don't say Tommy. She reinforced it. And 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 she's a lovely person. Just didn't have the, the she wasn't in a place where what we had was gonna work. Well, you and, know, and I and, wasn't either. I don't want to pin it all over, but at any rate. No, no, we, we co create our situations. We we definitely co create. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I totally yeah. so agree. So that that's part of it is it is and and if that had been more than my current wife wanted to handle. I would have been okay with that, not in the sense that I wouldn't have brought that up with our counselor, right? But I would have been I would have been okay with the fact that her position on that is not indicative of my okayness with being not okay, right? I, it's nice that she can make space for that, but if she's not comfortable with me not having all the answers, I need to be comfortable, right? Meaning I could be vulnerable in front of her without being committed. Or only, I don't say committed without being tied to what's sort of invested in her response. It was it was nice that she could respond that way, but if she hadn't, I would have been like, "Oh my God, what a tragedy! I can't believe I said." I'd have been like, "All right, well, that's just a data point. Six a.m. is too early to ask that." For her, right? <laughs> that might have been the only data I drew from that. Right? Okay, don't don't try that again at six a.m. Or right. try once or twice more before you determine if that's a pattern. Because she was out late, and I'm sure she had some drinks with her girls. So maybe six a.m. on a night where she's had eight hours of sleep. You know, not hungover, maybe six a.m. is not a bad hour. Right, right, right. Exactly. So, you know, and it's, I think the word that you're you're looking for is expectations. Expectations and attachments are the two words that will screw any relationship up. Screw anything. 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 Business, business, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. partnership, mm-hmm. husband and wife, 100%. Right. And um, not too many people come to me for relationship issues, but it's always relationship because it's a relationship with yourself, too. Right. So when we were talking about you feeling unworthy, Mm -hmm. it's because you have an expectation placed on you that you bought into. Right. And so uh, I'm not meeting right. that expectation. Your failures, right. Yeah. right, right. And even like you said, I, I, you know, there was never a dollar amount. There was never a goalpost. It was never, you know, I was always trying mm-hmm. to achieve this invisible thing. Right. 
it's someone else's expectations that you bought into. So the the thing that you gained through all of this, and we'll we'll cut it sh- off because we're like getting near the end. But the thing that you gained through all of this was an understanding that y- what you expect of you is what's important, and anything else is not. And even to the like, I don't expect anything from me. Right. I I, I really don't. You know, and so much comes to me because I don't expect anything. You know what I mean? Because because I'm not tunnel visioned into this is what I have to do and this is who I need to be with and this is who I need to be. I'm open to the possibilities of the day and can respond accordingly. And, you know, I've seen you in networking non-networking meetings <laughs> and I've seen it, it. You're a joy to watch. Thank you. You're having a blast. You're just like grooving on the people that are there. People want to be seen and heard, right? right? When you give them the chance to be seen and heard, right? When I conduct uh, live events for non-clients, of course, my, my client works is pretty deep here, but locally, I maintain some communities that meet much like the one that you intended digitally. And, and occasionally, for a host of reasons, I'll put on an event for people that are not clients. I usually invite some clients because that's one of the reasons it serves them to meet those people. But we don't sit around the room and recite elevator pitches. We spend all of our time in what I call strategic threes. And I tell people before we start, I said, you're going to, you're not going to meet it. I said, there's people in the room you're never going to meet. You can hang out after the street business card if you want to. Bar's open, tab's yours, right? 4.30, I close the tab, whatever we had up in the lane. I'm paying for after that, you're on your own. You're welcome to do that. You're not doing it on my timeline. Right. What we're going to do is we're going to do what I call strategic threes. We'll take three people whose businesses are relevant, not even necessarily related, but relevant to each other. And put them into a 25 to 30 minute conversation. And then we're going to come out. We're going to talk about what we just learned. And then we're going to do it again with different people. And I said, you're not going to leave here with 25 business cards. You're going to leave here with four deep connections. And and nobody has ever told me, I want to meet everybody else because they understand that I already put them with the high value people. They can still do that, but they never fight me on it because they realize that 22 cycles of 25 to 30 minutes with two people each, right? That's four much deeper relationships and connections that they were ever going to have if they just simply ran around the side of elevator pitches at each other. Nobody's yeah. ever given me a fight on, on you know, the format because that is infinitely more valuable because those are a chance for people to be seen and heard at a level with somebody that's relevant to them, relevant to them. Exactly. So I've I've run and been to speed networking events. And in speed networking, you know, the, the question should not be about your business. You know, the question should be about you personally. And I will tell you that I'll sit there and there'll be like 20 people eventually pass by me and I'll have a check mark next to one or two. And I throw all the other business cards away. Um. Yes. And I know that feeling. Right. Yeah. Um, and and, uh, you know, how much time do we have? You know, when are you cutting me we, off? Right? You know, we can cut off whenever we cut off. <laughs> whenever we cut off. OK. Um, I'll share uh, two thoughts uh, around that. One is, yes, people spend way too much time talking about what they do. That should be zero to 20 percent of the time. You go zero. I say, yeah, I, I say zero to 20. Zero is ideal. 20 percent is OK, because our egos, healthy egos lowercase are caught up in in what we do right we identify ourselves by by the actual mechanics of what we do right but when you talk about who you do it for that's opening up a conversation not just with that person but with everybody else meaning when we everybody that they know that might be in that category when i talk about what i do i've trapped them in a one-dimensional conversation of do i need what she does i've trapped them they don't have is she, right. am, am I supposed to sell for her? Right. Right. Well, but but even what what they do. Right. Right. It's 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 at the level of of what I buy that thing. Right. It's transactional. Do I need it? Do I not need it? It's treating you like nothing other than a prospect. I choose not to. I don't sell to the room. I sell through the room. I describe who I serve. Right. And I'll give you two quick examples in a minute. But I describe who I serve because that allows them to go. I know a lot of people fit that criteria. Oh, yeah. And I'm one of them. Meaning I haven't missed the opportunity to get them as a prospect. Right. Right. Okay. So here are my two examples, right? Uh, I have two friends that own printing companies in this town. Joe Schaefer, blanking on the name of it, but I can take you to his office right now. Right. And we've been doing business back when I used to run a business in this town. 
Allegra Print, that's the name of it. Just took me a second. He runs a print shop. Okay, Walter Cohn, up the hill, that direction, near the university, right? Near downtown businesses. He owns a printing company. And if you met either or both of them at a uh, at a networking event, right? You know, oh, Joe, what do you do? I run a print, I own a printing company. Uh, Walter, what do you do? I own a printing company. <laughs> well, I need new business cards. Who's going to give me the best bid? Joe would be like, I'm the only one of the two of us that's going to give you a bid. And Walter would be like, yeah, yeah, my average ticket's a million dollars. Right. <laughs> right. So, right, you know, if Walter simply says I own a printing company and I print things for people, direct mail and cards and you know sales collateral you may think he's a fedex kinkos or a joe shaver right and by the right. way joe shaver's not better or worse than walter right just you a know, different client happy with his business right right, right. And i suspect walter probably profits more than joe i could be wrong yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a lot of margin in business crap i ain't know or maybe walter runs his business on thin margins i don't know <clears throat> but anyhow my point is if he, either one of them said what they do you're gonna end up bringing the, your you got a 50 50 chance of bringing them the wrong prospect right who do they serve? I run a printing company. I serve small businesses and local orgs, right? <clears throat> College professors that need, you know, syllabuses bound and students that need presentations done and resumes. Right. Okay, cool. I run a printing company. I serve manufacturers, hospitals, wholesalers. I outsource. I, I'm the I'm the subcontractor for large direct mail firms, right? I do a million pieces of mail at a time sometimes. Oh, Right. Yes. You know, his his facility is HIPAA compliant. You can't come through the door without a fingerprint, an ID and having somebody on the inside side. Right. His facility is HIPAA compliant because right. he works with big hospitals. Right. And and so, right, when we talk about what we do, we're totally missing the point of the ability to get the correct referrals and introductions. We've got to talk about who we serve. Right. Now, exactly. the other is and I get it. And I've had a conversation with someone. It sounded a little bit like the one you started out with you. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, come in, you know, uh, you know, I'll flip this shit over. But I, 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 if, if I, if I have, if it is what I think it is, I would challenge you to think about changing. Possibly I've misread it a little bit and you only can either affirm, no, no, that's actually what I meant. Or you can make a subtle shift. But I spoke to a woman about, you know, we were in a networking group and they put five into a, into a, a room, which is too many, by the way, the, the three is the number, <clears throat> four max. Four is even a bad idea, but three, three is the number. Five in the room. And so what always happens is somebody gets quiet. In this case, it was me, right? So I said what I did, and then I shut up. And people are like, oh, network, right? I understand, right? You know, quality over quantity, da, 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 da. And this woman says something much like you said. And she said, yeah, I, I never take my own business cards. I only ever leave, you know, with five, right? I only save five, right? I don't even collect. I just leave with five. I dump the others, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just focused on, you know, you can serve me. And I said, ma'am, okay. That's not a wrong approach. It's just an approach. Right. I said, but you're missing the part where maybe you met somebody because you can serve them by the introduction. Right. You're still, when you, when I said quality versus quantity, you're focused on who means the most to you. And, and I, it, it's, it's clearly a God thing. And he had it all happen within eight hours for a reason got networked to right connection of a connection gave them my calendar link which is publicly available but not easy to find right and she ends up on my calendar she's young she's 26 she doesn't have a business she's got experience but no credentials and she wants to consult at age 26 she wants to be consulted for x industry industry's not important just call it x um and i said uh okay i said the best i can do is ask you this question are you willing to be the junior partner or to assist an established consultant until you can get your name on some of the work and get the credentialing and the, and the testimonials that each. She goes, yeah, I'm absolutely willing to play junior role until until I can prove that, that I know what I know. Okay. Later in the day, guy, connection from a connection from a connection. He's from South America. He lives in Canada. They're trying to overtake North America with this new thing. And his best referral partner for him is a consultant in the next industry. I have no idea if I've got long-term value for this guy or not. I don't know if I can, you know, serve him. He's super, super niche. But his best referral partner is a consultant in accidents. 4 p.m. Meeting with a gal. I'm like, what does he do? She goes, I'm a consultant for X industry. <laughs> I said, I said, would this such and such a guy be a good referral partner for you? Yeah. I said, yep. if you thought about 
bringing on maybe a junior partner? Would you make space for a, a you know, a mentee, you know, a junior partner or a protege? She goes, oh yeah, my next step is to hire an assistant. Perfect. Right. It, now I've never heard Pete from either three of them again. Right. Except, right. you know, I was in on the message thread. Right. But I connected her to her and her to him and then I'm done. Right. And, and if I'd been like to any one of them, uh, what, or at least the first two, I've been like, yeah, I don't see this going anywhere. Boom. You know, mute, boom, lead meeting, right. Boom. End meeting. So I totally agree. Cause I do the same thing. Those couple of people that I choose to network with are people that I'm, I think I'm going to have an interesting conversation with and get to know. Right, right. But don't ditch everybody else's contact info because you don't know, right? This gal spoke to me yesterday. She wants me to coach her on that work. She's not asking me to help her build a network. She wants me to coach her on how to do it right. Ah, nice. And and we, we had, a, which I do, that's one of my models. So we spent a good time on that and she got onto my calendar and she serves, again, no credentials. She got, she goes out of a job, but she's got, you know, background. She can prove it, but she doesn't have any clients yet. She hung out her own shingle in April. And she's chosen to serve a very niche subset of American industry. I'm like, okay. So yesterday afternoon, somebody posts on Facebook. I belong to a weekly leads group. I'm required to attend or bring a substitute. I won't be there. It's Labor Day weekend. Anybody want free breakfast tomorrow morning at La Peep? I happen to love La Peep. I'm like, I will. So I show up. It's, there's three members, me and one guest. It's five people. That's how, yeah. Number one, I love the peep. Number two, it's free. Number three, I'm open, right? Number four, it's on the same side of town as my mom's assisted living. So I will go see, you know, I did stop to see her on the way out. And um, this guy starts talking, he goes, ah, I'm not even really in biz dev for my company. I'm, I'm an HR, but they sent me out here to rap. You know, we're a specific industry looking for a very specific thing. And, you know, our customers aren't even usually in South Carolina, but just in case anybody knows anybody, I'm like, I got introduced to Natalie. He goes, oh, does she need what I've got? I'm like, no, I think you need what she's got, right? So when I say I need to introduce you, there's a 50-50 chance you're the prospect, right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he goes, that's fine. Because if you bring somebody the right vendor, they don't mind being the customer, right? People don't object to spending money on things. And, that means and that's just it. You know right. that she's ready for that next step. Exactly. But my point is, you know, two things. If I, if I had quizzed this woman that asked me to be her sub, and I'm like, how many people belong to this group? It's 35. It's 40 minutes from my house at 8 a.m. when I could be visiting mom. I've got another event I could be attending instead. I don't know about this, right? But my openness was, and I sat down. I mean, I got there at 8.01 and the and the and the, the chief guy was there and me. And I'm like, it's gonna be small. If it's 8.01 and, and there's only two of us here, it's clearly gonna be right. small. Right. And that's like, oh my god, I gotta best. go. Right. And and my point is I was open. The value right. to me, almost nothing. But the value to the people I know super high. Now, if I ever need it, and I didn't do it in this context, but if I ever need or want something from Natalie Foley, right, who's considering hiring me, right, as, on just how to do it, not to do it, but on how to do it. Right. Right. If I'm like, hey, I need a favor. Hey, if I send up my back signal, right. Hey, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Do you know any barbecue restaurants? Right. Which was a query I saw on Facebook the other day. And that's what collaboration is all about. Right. It's not, so, it's not get me on your affiliation program. No, right. finders fees are costing you. Finders fees are costing you business. People, no, that, there's you. my sharp elbow. There's there my sharp you go. elbow. Because now you're spending your time marketing for someone else that you could be marketing for yourself. No, no, no. If I offered you a finders fee, I'm insulting you, and I'm hurting our relationship. People, people go, you know, what do you mean? Keep in mind that people don't do what you think they would do. The things you incentivize people to do are sometimes counterproductive. And I said, here's my proof that finders fees are bad adding. Here's my proof. Categorically, I'm not saying you should never use. Them. I'm saying that they are not a s systemic good thing. Here's the proof: if finders fees worked, we would all be rich from too much referred business and too many referral fees from the business we referred, and that ain't true. So clearly, as a blanket solution, it is a very bad idea. Thank and you. if you want me back on your show to preach that message, <laughs> I'll preach that sermon. I shared it with four people on one week, and two of them's head snapped so far back. That they're like, you've got to be on my podcast and that has got to be the topic because they said, you've turned my thinking in 15 minutes. Yep. And I said, you are. Yep. And so, so true. So true. So true. And, and, and that to, to me, you know, because I'm open to collaborate. I collaborate with a lot of people. And what does, what does that mean? We have something similar that we, and we're going to do it together for five minutes. And thank you. That was great. Thank you. That was great. Goodbye. We're not in business together. We're not selling for each other. We are, we are, 
yes, we co-create something, right? That's collaboration, right? Um, and I find so many people say, oh, I want to work with you, Gail. And then, you know, then they start selling me their affiliation program. I say, you don't want to work with me. <laughs> you, want, you want me to sell for you. And, and I'm not going to, right? Now, I will refer someone to you if I meet someone that fits. That's, you know, and I do that all the time. I will introduce people. Hey, you two yes. need to talk. And, 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 and that's why I put money on the table, cheapens the relationship between you and me. I'm right. telling you that I don't have enough confidence in my own program or my ability to let you know that what I offer is valuable, that you're willing to send me the right people for the right reasons, that, right. that, I, that, that I think so little of you that I think the only reason you would send somebody my way is if there's something other than right. the general goodwill and the fact that that's being a decent human being. Right. And and I get right. insulted. I get insulted. That's, that's it. That's it. Right. Right. That's yeah. how I feel. But anyway, I love you. We could go on forever. So we really Dan could. So just invite me back for another day instead. We will. We will. So Daniel, if someone wants to get in touch with you, which I'm sure listeners will, how would they do that? And yes. by the way, this will be in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, my full name, uh, Daniel Patrick Andrews, is impossible to find on LinkedIn. There's too many of us. It's impossible to find on the web because if you Google Daniel Patrick Andrews, the first one million search returns will be a bombastic Australian parliamentarian <clears throat> who gets a lot of press. But if you go to DanielPatrickAndrews.com, <laughs> you'll see a website. It is not a very fancy website. It's not a very good one. Please don't pitch me your website upgrade skills because I've already got somebody on the job. It exists for a couple of reasons. One, to allow you to find me on LinkedIn. You can get to my LinkedIn profile from there and, and befriend me there. Uh, you can find, if you dig for it, a link to get 15 minutes on my calendar. Not that I'm not willing to give you more than that, but you might not want more than that. So let's start with 15 and see where the magic goes. And the third thing it will make available to you is if you dig for it a little bit, you'll find a page with all my testimonials on it. I firmly believe that referrals are the way to go. And if you don't know anybody that's done business with me, you can read the testimonials of literally 50 people that have. And that's pretty darn close. Right. And and that's 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 what my website exists for to get on my calendar and to showcase my testimonials because I think other people's opinion of my work is way more valuable than my opinion. Exactly. Thank you so much. And everybody who's listening, I want to thank you for your time. This is Gail Craft from the Empowering Process Podcast. Now, if this was something that interests you, please give us a thumbs up. If you have a question, do put it in the comments. I will get back to Daniel and he will answer that question, I'm sure. If you know someone, and I'm sure you do, who would benefit from this, do share it out. And always, always, always like us and subscribe so you know when the next episode is coming out. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, Daniel. Bye-bye. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to have to cut the end of this off. <laughs> yeah, because you're still looking. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast. Be sure to visit Gail at gailcraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.